What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jordy Nelson is back, and so am I. Hello, this is Bill Huber from Packer Report, hosting the third episode of Lockdown Packers, and today I'm with a very special guest, Mrs. Packer Report. Good morning, Bill. What on earth are you doing up so early? What am I doing up so early? I was in bed thinking about Lockdown Packers. You know what's so cool about it? You can be Lockdown Packers morning, noon, or night, but do you know what today is? Today's Thursday. Today is Game day, and I am excited. And you know why I'm excited? Well, you're the only person on earth excited for a preseason game, but go on. Well, I'm excited about the return of a certain player. Yeah, Jordy Nelson, but he's not playing tonight. I'm excited about Brett Hundley returning. Do you think we'll see some snaps from him tonight? Well, Aaron Rodgers ran the scout team all week, so I would assume that Brett Hundley is going to start and probably play a considerable amount of tonight's game against the Raiders. Awesome. Now, I know Scott Tolzien has been your guy the last couple seasons, and I was always, well, after the first preseason game last year, just loving Brett Hundley. He seems like he's got caught up with the speed of the game. How do you feel about Brett? Yeah, he came out of nowhere last year. I remember during his rookie offseason and his first week or two of training camp, I mean, the guy was just terrible. It was he seemed like he had no confidence to throw the ball downfield. He was just basically just throwing checkdowns to the running backs. And then all of a sudden, you know, like I said yesterday, it was you know, like a snap of the finger. It clicked enough leading the NFL in preseason pass writing. So he's a heck of a good prospect. What, what, what do you like about Brett? Well, Brett made the preseason relevant for Packer fans for the first time since Matt Hasselbeck did. Um, gives people a reason to tune in. He had awesome stats last year, Hunley did. So what about QBs three and four? When they come in to do cleanup in the second, third, and fourth quarters, what are we going to look for out of the two of them? Well, I'll go Mike McCarthy here, actually. Mike McCarthy would say, I just want to see him get him in and out of the huddle and run the offense. But, you know, never mind that stuff. And they got to they gotta complete some passes and move the offense. Callahan, he's got an okay arm. He does everything else pretty well. The other guy, Marquise Williams, he's got a heck of a good arm. He just throws the ball over the yard. I don't, I don't know if he even knows where the ball is going, but... There's some potential there, I, I don't, I, and I think it's practice squad for those guys, practice squad or bust. Um, I think it's worth grooming one of those guys. There's enough there that you kind of like. So you think both guys will get relegated to the practice squad and the Packers won't bring three QBs into the season? No, it'll be, it'll be Rodgers and Hundley on the roster, and then the winner take all between Callahan and Williams, I believe. Yeah, right now most NFL teams have more strings than a ball of yarn. And I mean... That yarn from the 70s, that's not too appealing. So what else is there to get excited about? Um, there's only four training camp practices left to go to, so that's, that's, that's exciting on its own. Um, you know, kind of the same deal as last week. I, I want to see the running backs run. I want to see, you know, never mind Lacey and Sirks, I want to see if John Crockett can run through some tackles. I want to see if Brandon Burks and, can run through some tackles and protect the quarterback. I want to see Brandon Ross get some more touches. I think Crockett's the front runner for number three, but it's, I think it's still it's still a matter of conversation there if it's uh, Brooks or Ross makes a run at it. 
Okay, you're talking about these guys running through, but who can block out of that group? That's what you got to find out. And that's why you hope the Raiders send some blitzes at the quarterback tonight. You know, I, Crockett's the bigger guy, and he's, he's done pretty well in practice. You know, if for a guy who's less than 5'9", Brooks had one pretty good blitz pickup last week against the Browns. Excellent. Well, let's look on the other side of the ball, the defense. I get excited about that, too, because by the end of the game, everyone's got their fourth, fifth, eighth string in the game, and our guys start picking off passes, and that gets fun to watch as a fan. So you've seen them on the practice field. Who do you think is going to get a ball tonight? Well, there's a good question. Um, you know, I like the safety Kentrell Bryce. He's an undrafted guy from Louisiana Tech. You know, he dropped the pass from Rodgers at practice last week, and Rodgers gave him grief, according to uh, Jason Wilde in a story at ESPN.com. You know, they, I don't know if he'll need five safeties, but he's a big enough guy. He's an incredibly good athlete. He's been around the ball all summer. I think he's got a shot to, you know, if he keeps it up on special teams, he's got a shot to make the roster. Awesome. Special teams. We just lost Jeff Janis, who is a huge special teams presence. Who's going to step in for him? Well, that's a great question there because last year, Tim Maste, who a lot of fans seem to not like, but I will remind them again that he set the team record for net punting for the fifth consecutive season. It wasn't just him, obviously, though. Jeff Janis and Dimitri Goodson did a great job as the Gunners. Janis is going to miss four to six weeks, which means the first week or three of the regular season. And Dimitri Goodson was the other gunner last year. He's going to be suspended for the first four games. So I asked Ron Zook, you know, who, who fills those voids? And he mentioned Robertson, Daniel, and Quentin Rollins as options there. But, you I mean, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big question on, on a critical phase of the game. Well, you're in the Lee Rummel press box every game day, and I'm in my armchair. So what does a gunner do? The Gunners are the guys who are lined up outside, kind of like wide receivers, and then when the ball is snapped, they just take off running and try to make the tackle. Awesome. So that accounts for those big hits by Janice last year. Everybody was excited about his hands, but Bill sets me straight, as he usually does. Stats guy telling me how it actually is, other than what I see. So, what I saw last season and many seasons was a huge presence in the middle by B.J. Raji, who's no longer there. What is Dom Capers going to do? Does he have to adjust the entire defense, or is somebody stepping in? Well, they might have to play 11 on 10, to be honest with you. There is a big question mark. They, they drafted Kenny Clark in the first round, but oddly, when they go with their base defense, their base 3-4 defense, it's been Latroy Guyon at nose tackle, Mike Daniels at the other tackle, and then not... Clark, but the fourth round pick, Dean Lowry. But, you know, we kind of got in this on, in the first episode that those guys are going to be the key to the whole season because Mike Pinnell, a pretty rising, a pretty good rising player that's suspended. So they're going to go to the first four games with Daniels, Guyon, and the two rookies. And at a position where the Packers haven't had much impact from rookies during Ted Thompson's tenure, they're going to need Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry not just to play snaps, but to play well immediately. Otherwise, they're that defense is going to get run through like a Hot knife through butter, as they say. So what are you more excited about this year, the offense or the defense? You know, McCarthy said the other day that the defense has a chance to be as good as at any time during his tenure. Well, in 2010, they won the Super Bowl behind a defense that gave about 14 a game. We'll see. I mean, we got in this in the first episode, but, you know, the D-line is young. You have no idea about the inside linebackers. Sam Burton's played a, like eight eight. Uh, eight starts in his three years, and Blake Martinez is a rookie. If those young guys pan out, the defense could be really good, but I think it's a lot of wishing and hoping. You know, you're, you're hoping the D-line pans out. You're hoping the inside linebackers pan out. 
you're hoping the young quarters Randall and Rollins take a step forward. It's a lot of it's a lot of hope, 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 and we'll, we'll see if it pans out. I have to be honest. There was one other thing keeping me awake at night, and I know it's only preseason. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't the kids yelling, was it? Oh, that was only twice. So uh, <laughs> keeping me awake was uh, it's only preseason game number two. But what about the Packers and the Super Bowl? And what does this look like for this Packers team? Under Rodgers, they have one Super Bowl. The Favre area, once era, excuse me, has one Super Bowl. Does Aaron Rodgers need to have another Super Bowl? I asked you the other day, did Rodgers call you Seinfeld in the locker room yet? Because it's always more of a, a preseason training camp kind of moniker that he has for you. And that's not happening. So I was thinking... Is there not as light an atmosphere in that locker room? Is there, should there be a sense of urgency yet about adding a title to this era of the Packers? Yeah, I think there has to be. And I mean, I think, I think all the fans out there know the, the free agent landscape where three fifths of your starting line of, of Bakhtiari sitting in Lang, they're headed to free agency. You know, Jordy Nelson's 31 and coming off a knee. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, Jared Cook's on a, on a one-year rental. This is Eddie Lacy's last year under contract. Um, this is Julia, Julius Peppers' last year under contract, maybe the last year of his career. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the last year for this team. I mean, Rodgers is going to be back, and Nelson's going to be back, and, you know, they'll, they'll have guys. But there's a lot of good players who may or may not be back this, next year because, you know, they're, they're, they've got some salary cap issues because they've paid a handful of guys a lot of money. It's going to be interesting, and I, I think there's something to be said for it. This is, it's, I don't want to say, yeah, it's, it's championship or bust. I mean, if they don't win it this year, I'm not saying they're not going to have a, a prayer in the future, but this is a damn good football team, and they're going to lose some damn good football players next offseason. And I, I, think, there's, I think you're right. I think, I think they've got to win one this year. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a step back next year and, and try to reload for, now you're talking 2018, and, and Rodgers will be 33 at this point, and you're, you're going to be counting on draft picks who you don't know about, and yeah, I think I think and I think there is some urgency. And as Rodgers gets uh, going deeper in his career, he's a guy who's got an appreciation for the history of the league. Hey, one Super Bowl is great. Hey, look, but look, a lot of guys have won one Super Bowl. The, yep. the, the real greats have won two and three. Exactly. I think a second Super Bowl would really solidify. Aaron Rodgers and his legacy. Now, you just rattled off a lot of great Packer players and makes me realize with the Nelson knee saga and who's going to emerge as a third wide receiver. Is it going to be Adams? Is Montgomery going to step up? Somebody I've totally overlooked is Randall Cobb. What kind of training camp is Randall Cobb having? Yeah, Cobb has been quietly excellent. You know, it's one of those deals that, you know, I think. Myself and a lot of the guys in the beat, we're always looking at the new guys, the young guys, and we kind of overlooked the Randall Cobbs and the Clay Matthews on a, on a daily basis. You know, Cobb is the guy that Rodgers pointed out on, I don't know what day Rodgers talked, they all blend together, but Rodgers did cite uh, Cobb having an excellent training camp. And, you know, there was a guy who was really killed by the Nelson injury last year. I mean, he went from, I mean, he, his yards per catch went down about two and a half, his yards after the catch went down, his touchdowns got cut in half. Randall Cobb really got hurt by the Nelson injury just by the way defenses played him, and then I think he was pressing, and, and then using one of your favorite phrases, he was trying to do too much. <laughs> How do you try to do too much? If you're not out there trying to do too much, then you're not earning your paycheck. That's just my point of view. But So Randall Cobb, 
Last year, he was shoehorned into being the deep threat, which he's not. And when he came into the Packers, he was a return guy. So let's say Jordy Nelson stays healthy. Who is Randall Cobb this year? Is he going to be a Donald Driver type going over the middle? Is he going to be, what is his butter zone? I'll talk about butter after this commercial break. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. For the last day only, Packer Report members get 15% off on tickets, not the usual 10%. Like I mentioned yesterday, I had a guy who got four tickets to the Seattle game and saved $260 on his tickets. Considering your Packer Report membership is $10 for a month and $100 for a year, that more than paid for itself, plus you get deals at Fanatics.com. And you get my Stats Guy stuff like I wrote on Jordy Nelson last night and my World's Best Packer previews during the season. And if your company is interested in advertising to men between the ages of 18 to 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter 2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. Yeah, speaking of sponsorships, this would be a great time for some butter company to call me because we're going to talk about Randall Cobb's butter zone. You know, Cobb's just got to be the guy he was last year, a couple of years ago when when Nelson was running the ball deep and the defenses were so preoccupied with, with Nelson on scoring 70-yard touchdowns that Cobb was, there was some breathing room for Cobb underneath and he could catch the short pass, make a guy miss, you know, kind of like Donald Driver, like you pointed out. He's just got to become that guy again. And, you know, I think injuries are partially in play for Cobb last year, but I think we learned that, you know, in 2014, there was conjecture of, is it one and one A? Is Are they both the number one receiver? No. Jordy Nelson's number one. Randall Cobb's a hell of a good number two, and you just got to get back to be doing that. You can take what the defense gives them, make a guy miss, and, and turn that six-yard catch into 12. Yeah, I'm coming at this as an armchair quarterback of sorts, since I'm not as much of an expert as you are, but I have to say, the little bit that I paid attention to last week's preseason game, what I was comforted by was Mike McCarthy in that play sheet over his face. You know, last year he looked so weird pacing that sideline, nothing in his hands, seemingly just an observer. So where do you think McCarthy's head is this year? Is is he going to be guiding that offense? I do see this as Mike McCarthy's offense this year. Yeah, it's definitely McCarthy's show, and you know, I don't know last year. Did, I mean, did it, did it make any difference? I mean, the offense stunk last year. You know, relatively speaking, the offense stunk. And was it was it because McCarthy gave up the reins, or was it just because there was no Jordy Nelson? I, you know, I've always come down on the side that, that I don't care what the plays are called. If you don't have the players, it doesn't make any difference what's called. So I, I don't know. I mean, you could have called the plays in 2014, and maybe they'd have worked. Who knows? I, I think just having Nelson back and him keeping defenses you know, preoccupied with the long ball, and that's going to open up room for Cobb and Eddie Lacy. I, I think the offense will be fine. You know, it's, it's you know, no offense to Mark Murphy. Whether Mark Murphy's the president or I'm the president, the Packers are making money. And I kind of think it's the same thing with, with the calling the plays. If, if this team's at full speed and full strength on offense, I think whoever calls the plays, they're probably going to work. So Jordy Nelson was last year. You mean it was not Olivia Munn? <laughs> no, I don't think it had anything to do with Olivia Munn. And if Rodgers gets off to a slow start this year, it's not uh, Jordan and JoJo. 
Yeah, exactly. I know that kind of stuff drives you crazy. And I have to say, as Mrs. Packer Report, you'd be astounded at how many questions I get. What does Bill think about this? What does Bill know about that? And everybody thinks you're into the personal lives of these guys. That's just not how it is. Um, you know, somebody tuning in to Locked On Packers, you're going to get football. Bill is about football. He's got a lot of integrity. And even this newest issue with uh, Pepper, well, actually, it's last season's issue, isn't it? Peppers and Matthews. And what are we calling them? Performance-enhancing drugs, PEDs. What are your, What do you expect? Um, there's going to be a big, well, the deadline for Peppers and Matthews is on Friday, right? Yeah, they have to talk to the league by Thursday, a week from today. Week from, yeah. And otherwise, they'll be... Uh, Hammered by the long arm of the law, Roger Goodell with an indefinite suspension starting Friday the 26th. Wow. That's really hard to wrap your mind around something that was a season ago. It's, it's bizarre that it's gone on so long. And, you know, the, the question is, does the NFL have actually have any evidence? Or are they just taking the word of some guy who said something on a hidden camera video? Whether he was telling the truth or whether he was making up something to make himself look more important than he is. Only he knows, and only Matthews and Peppers know, but that we're, that we're talking about this since in August going into September is, is bizarre. What are the drug testing practices? Do guys like this fall under closer scrutiny and get tested more often, or what's, what's the, general, the general practice around the league on something like that? Well, they are random drug tests, but the Steelers' James Harrison, who's part of this whole uh, Matthews and Peppers deal as well, he got a random drug test the other day, and he thought that was a highly coincidental sort of deal. Coincidental indeed. So, I told you what I'm excited about. Do you have any other things tonight that we need to watch out for? Yeah, it's. I think it's Blake Martinez who we mentioned earlier, the the, the fourth or inside linebacker. You know, one of the one of the coaching staff's regrets from the last game is Martinez only played 11 snaps. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be playing 70 snaps once the regular season starts, and I, it's it's time to figure out what the guy can do. We've seen him cover guys well. We've seen him blitz well. We've seen him run the defense. Well, we really haven't seen him do because they because they don't do it at practice is tackle somebody. And he had one chance against the Browns and he missed the tackle. So let's let's see Blake Martinez play thirty snaps tonight and see if he can tackle some guys because you know everybody likes the linebackers who can run and jump and do this. At the end of the day, you got to tackle somebody. Let's figure out if Blake Martinez is a good enough tackler. And at the end of the day, how are we doing at center? Um, it's a position I don't really pay much attention to until balls start flying willy-nilly and snaps get dropped. But are we okay at center? You know, the Green Bay considers J.C. Treader a starter. You know, I consider him a pretty darn good sixth man. And if this is the NBA, you get awards for that. But I, th- I think this is Corey Lindsley's job whenever he gets back from his hamstring. He's just so big and strong. And, you know, there's something to be said for for strength at a position where you're you're usually facing a guy who's 320 pounds right over the top of you. I like strength. I think he's got to get back here kind of soon here and, 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 and seize control of that job. Awesome. Well, thanks for letting me join you today and get locked on Packers. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Mrs. Pack Report. Now get to work. That Mrs. Peck report is great. She makes a damn good crep. She loves football. She loves golf. Really, the only problem I have with her, she wants that stupid bachelorette show. So as I'm working at my desk, I'm hearing Jordan and JoJo, blah, 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 for week after week after week after week. Anyways, I want to get back to the depth chart stuff that we started yesterday, going to the defense. 
it seems like there's a lot of time until the season with three preseason games to go. There's only four practices, so we're running out of time here. Start with the D-line, kind of well-established, and we talked about this in Episode 1, where your, your top two are Daniels and Guyon. Your next two are the draft picks, Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry. Then you're going to go into the season with five, and God only knows who number five is. Is it Christian Ringo, the 2016, excuse me, 2015 sixth-round pick? Has had a quiet camp, but had a safety last week. Is it Brian Price, the undrafted rookie from Texas, San Antonio, with one of the better records in the one-on-ones? Um, those, are the, those are the top two guys, and, and this is going to be a green-as-grass unit, regardless of who the number five guy is. And when, when you're going to go into the into the season with with three guys who have never played a single regular season snap, that's a potential issue. Look, week one's at Jacksonville. If those young guys aren't ready to go, Green Bay's going to come back with with Daniels and Guyne in a glass as in a puddle full of sweat after week one at Jacksonville. Those rookies got to play. They've got to play well. And, and as Mike Daniels said during the offseason, we needed them ready yesterday. Outside linebacker, this is by far the best position on the Packers. If you can have Julius Peppers coming off the bench, that's a good position. Matthews and, Perry's are, Matthews and Perry are starting. Peppers and Jane Rowan Elliott are the number two. And Dato Jones and Laurenti McCray are number three. Kyler Fackrell, the third-round pick. He's playing special teams or watching in street clothes at this point on Sundays. A million different pass rushers here. And, you know, I, I want to, the, the interesting thing here I'm going to go with is Peppers, with this, his being now a, a, a reserve. This really isn't all the different than last year where Peppers, yeah, Peppers started, but in Peppers' first season, based on uh, snaps given to me by Pro Football Focus, Peppers, of Peppers' snaps, 38% came against the run during his first year. Last year, that was down to 31%. So, in a way, Peppers is already becoming the designated pass rusher last year. Basically, that's where he's going to be this year. He's going to come in off the bench and play some snaps at linebacker. But mostly, he's there to rush the passer where he ranks fifth in NFL history among active players. No, he's... I'm stepping back up on that. He is tied for ninth in NFL history among active players and has a chance to get all the way up to number five at the end of the season. Inside linebacker, again, something that we've gotten into here a bit. It's going to be... Martinez and probably Sam Barrington at this point as the starters. Jake Ryan had his chance to really solidify his spot as the linebacker during the inside linebacker during the offseason and the start of training camp when Barrington was out. You know, he just didn't do enough. Barrington comes back. Barrington brings the thunder. Martinez brings some lightning. Again, we've got to see what Martinez can do in, in live situations. My hunch is he's going to be a really good football player for a really long time, and the Packers have got to steal in their hands in the fourth round. But we'll find out, and then. You know, who, who, who joins him on the roster? Is it going to be Carl Bradford, who's had a heck of a good last week or so of training camp? Is it going to be Joe Thomas, who was last year's third-down guy, undersized? Um, you know, the undrafted rookie, Beniquas Brown, who we got into at the tail end of last week's show. I would say at this point, I would go with Beniquas Brown. When, it, when in doubt, I'm going with the rookie to see if he can develop someone. At corner, shield, you know, Joe Witt. Okay, it was really good when I asked him about this subject last week. I asked him about the depth of cornerback, and he just shook his head at me, shook his head at me like I was dumb. They've got one guy in Sam Shields. You know, we we all, we all kind of think that Demaris Randall last year's first round pick, Quinton Rollins last year's second round pick. We all think those guys are good, but they've got to prove it. And they they had good rookie years. So let's see what they do in year two. Randall, I thought, faded a bit. During the last, if you include the playoffs, maybe the last five or six games, I thought he faded a bit. Rollins, 
played more as the season went on and looked like he was up to the task. What I like about Rollins is he will flat out hit you. He's a, the best tackler in the unit. And, you know, it would kind of remind me of, of Casey Hayward of when he, during his rookie year where the ball just seemed to find Casey. Well, the ball just seemed to find Rollins last year, too. And if he wouldn't have dropped some plays, I mean, he'd have had five or six picks and been an all-rookie kind of guy. But let's see these guys prove it. You, you, this is a long-haul kind of profession. And they had good rookie years. Let's see if they can take the next step. Because, look, if you don't have good corners, and I'm not talking average corners, if you don't have good corners, you don't have a prayer. There are too many darn I – mean, and when it comes to playoff time, you're going to face great quarterbacks. You're going to face great receivers. And if you've got okay corners, I don't care what your pass rush is. If you only got okay corners, you're going to get killed. Randall and Rollins can't be okay. They've got to be better than that. And knowing Sam Shields' injury history, Ladarius Gunter, Robertson, Daniel, those guys betting for the number four spot. At some point, they're going to be battling for number – they're going to be in the lineup playing 70 snaps when Shields gets hurt. So this is a, a big deal, and – there's a wide open spot there between Randall, I mean not Randall, between Gunter and Robertson Daniel. And finally, let's go to safety. Obviously, I, th- I think this position is pretty well set in stone. Burnett and Dix are starting. Jack of all trades. Micah Hyde is your number three. And a darn good one at that. Chris Banjo is a tremendous number four who, who brings special teams value and in and, and leadership and intelligence. I mean, I mean him and Hyde. And Burnett, and Burnett, I mean, those are, heck, I, I actually should even shortchange, shortchange Clinton Dix, but this is a super smart group. you got to be smart to play safety because you're, a lot of, you're kind of the quarterback of the defense. They're, they're set there. The question is, can, can Shell Bryce or even Marwin Evans, but I think Evans is kind of the leader of this, or I think I think Bryce is the leader of that young group. Can can he force his way into the roster to be the number five? You know, part of this is you know linked to do the keep seven receivers and all that other stuff, but... He's a an impressive looking guy who's been around the ball a lot. He had three tackles on special teams last week too, so I I, I, I think he's a guy to watch for these last final three preseason games. And our extra point is the return of Jordy Nelson, and with that, the Green Bay Packers offense suddenly became seven points better. Actually, they became seven point four points better per game. That was the difference in 2014 when Green Bay led the league in scoring to last year. And you know what? It's no surprise. You don't have to go to the defensive coordinator school to figure this one out. Jordy Nelson was the only guy on that roster who could stretch the field. So if there's no throw to the deep th- ball, push yourself on the defense coordinator's shoes. What are you going to do? We're going to close up the line of scrimmage, right? So and that, you know that 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 killed two birds with one stone. And I don't care. I know last year Mike McCarthy got hammered by a lot of know-it-all writers and bloggers out there for his scheme and for his play calling. And writers came under fire for not doing what Tom Brady can do by. Lifting receiver core consisting of you know Joe from the from the bar and and Mike the mailman and, and Bruce from the laundry man into all world receivers. But look, if you can't throw the ball deep, you got no prayer of having a, a quality offense. And I think that's what happened last year, where defenses stacked the line of scrimmage, which means they could take away Randall Cobb, who was Green Bay's next best player, and they could take away Eddie Lacy. And yeah, Lacy was overrate. I mean, there's no denying that, but. Green Bay was outmanned the box because, you know, Mike McCarthy loves his three-receiver sets. Well, he would go three receivers, and what did the defense do? They just kept their base defense out there, which meant that Green Bay's old line was outmanned the box, so there's always a free hitter to, stat- to tackle Lacey. So if, 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 if Jordy Nelson is Jordy Nelson, this potentially rectifies that. And, you know, I'm, as I mentioned the other day, we were gathered around Lacey at his table by his locker the other day. 
And you saw Jordy Nelson walk by, and Nelson was limping by. Like I said the other day, it wasn't a bad limp, but he was limping. And is it now that Nelson has passed his physical, it's, it's possible that Nelson was coming back from some treatment on his knee. He was a little sore from it, but so maybe that's the reason for his limp. But I'm not convinced that Nelson's 100%. And maybe he just needs to work through this on the practice field. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor. I'm not from Holiday Inn Express. In fact, I've never stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. But I would if they would sponsor this podcast. But I, I, I'm not convinced that he's 100%. But this offense should be, if he is close to 100%, this offense should be tremendous again. Look, in 2014, this is what Jordy Nelson did. Jordy Nelson had five touchdown receptions of 59-plus yards. That's more 59-yard receptions, touchdown or otherwise, than 30 of the other 31 teams. From 2010 through 2015, even including a missed season, Jordy Nelson is tied for number one in the league in 55-yard catches. That is not that makes him not just one of the best deep threats in the game. That makes him one of the best deep threats maybe in NFL history. Very quietly, Jordy Nelson is one of the best ever at stretching the defense. And they need to get back to that. Yeah, Jared Cook is here, and that's going to help. And if you got Nelson and Cook, Green Bay should be right back on top of the world on offense. Like, just like they were in 2014 or like they were in 2011. That was the last year when Green Bay had Nelson and Finley for a full season. And Green Bay scored what at the time was the second most points in NFL history. If Jordy Nelson can be something like Jordy Nelson, and Jared Cook can finally reach that potentially, Scott, and now that he's got a great quarterback, he really should reach that potential. Green Bay's got a chance to field one of the best offenses in NFL history. And if they can do that, this team's going to go right back to the Super Bowl. Again, we're talking a lot of ifs here. I mean, just like we're talking about the D-line before, this is a lot of wishing and hoping. You're hoping that Nelson is Nelson. You're hoping Cook can max out his game. You're hoping all that turns Randall Cobb back into who he was a couple years ago. You're hoping that Devontae Adams can become the guy who Rodgers and McCarthy thought he was going to be going into last season. But if this stuff happens, this offense is unstoppable. They've got more answers than you've got questions. And these guys are going to go to the Super Bowl because they're going to score a million points. And with that, I will talk to you tomorrow after tonight's scintillating Packers-Raiders preseason game. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.